Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking, or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress. Great Mountain, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adults ADD, ADHD in a natural, effective way without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer and the Great Mountain podcast. afternoon, good day, good evening, whenever you may be listening to this podcast of The Drummer and the Great Mountain. Welcome once again. Today's topic on the podcast is an interesting one, um, which I have a lot of connection with, and that's why I was excited when when Michael brought this up, um, and we're going to get right into it. First, as always, just want to say good morning to my good friend, Michael Joseph Ferguson. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good morning to you. Saturday. Saturday. Hot yeah. Hot, hot Southern California day. So uh, we're we're doing this in the morning before things get things boil over, literally. But yeah. it's ironic I should bring that up because this is a very interesting topic. And our topic is working with obligations as as hunter types. If memory serves, Michael, you know, Back in December, we did kind of a holiday show, kind of just how to, I think that was literally the topic was how to navigate the holidays as a hunter type. And this, this was just a minor thread that came up because it obviously holidays does involve this theme, but now we're talking about it as a main topic. And, and I, I, as we spoke before we came on, we were discussing kind of our preparation. I could talk about this for, for days and days on days. Um, because there's so many different branches to to how it is we feel um, obligations, 
And it has to do with our role, our particular role in our environment. And that can be family and friends and what have you. Yeah. Um, tell me first off, what makes this so interesting, this, this feeling of an obligation and how it affects hunter types? Why, why, is it, why is this something that particularly affects us? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that affects everyone, uh, for sure. But I think w the thread that um, that I've been exploring lately is um, what's the connection between uh, obligation, something I have to do, and, and a guy, obligation may be something that, as you look at it, it may not be something you actually have to do, but you feel like you should, and that's mm. sort of the ground for what we're talking about. And what's the connection between that and meltdowns, blowups, overwhelm. And I think that connection may not be as clear to hunter types as you're listening to us. I, I'm, I'm, well, I, the goal for this podcast is just may, maybe have you zoom out a little bit and look at your life and go, wait a minute. Okay. These are things that I feel like I should be doing, but maybe there's a different, either a different way I can do it, or there's a way that I can engage with these uh, in a way that honors myself so that it doesn't lead to meltdowns or blowups that do that not only affect you, but people around you. Well, and, and so it sounds like that's the particular connection we're talking about here. For a hunter type, we all have different terminologies for it. You have different terminologies in the book. I call it the, the peaks in the graph. Yeah. In our emotional graph as as a person and then as a hunter type, hunter types, we tend to peak in that emotional graph um, let's call it what it is, our meltdowns. We're famous for it yeah. <laughs> uh, amongst those who know us. Um, but what we've tried to do over the last, believe it or not, now it's been almost a year and a half we've been doing this podcast to, to, to serve as this, as this companion to the book is talk about the reasons why. We've been trying to self-evaluate on this transformational path and we've come up with all kinds of different ways and methods for you to curb and make sure you're setting yourself up for success as to not have these peaks in the graph and this is now just another one of those things we want to help our community work on which is obligations what causes this what's the direct correlation between this and a meltdown i'd like to hear your opinion i'll give you mine yeah because i can speak from a personal standpoint i know that one of the things i prided myself on when i was younger i used to and, and it was kind of like a pat on the back I used to get from family members. Oh, you know, Batman, you're you're so good to your friends. Your friends all just come to you whenever they need something, and you're always there for them. And friends telling you that too. There's kind of a it, it, let's face it, it boosts your ego a little bit to feel yeah. that needed, that wanted, and 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 not that that boosting your ego is a bad thing sometimes, but it makes you feel good. But but the danger there for a hunter type is. Then you've kind of put yourself in a role that, and I can only speak for myself here, as you get older, you don't have as much bandwidth, but here you are, you've built this role for yourself, so you're everything within you and your being goes, this is my role in the world. Then you can't serve that role in the world and boom, meltdown. Does that, uh, does that that's summarize? A, that's, you know, and that's a different angle than even I was thinking, but that's actually, that's well put. And I think th there's variations of that for every person, but that's it. And I mean, that's definitely one lens to look at it. And so, I mean, well, let's explore these. I yeah. think it's important to start out. Like, let's, let's get into the roles. All yeah. the different types of forms of obligation that, I mean, there's things that, 
you know, taking your child to the doctor, I would not consider an <laughs> obligation. Sure. What sure. we're talking about are things that are on the realm of it's not essential for it to do, but we should. And there could potentially be a social emotional fallout with other people or more, mostly with yourself. Because a lot of times other people don't even care, but we've got it installed in our brain that I have to do this because I should, because da 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 da. And that thought is actually what screws with us more than anything. And absolutely. So, yeah. so we can go through and go into some specifics on this. Well, yeah, absolutely. And the only thing I, I meant to attach to the roles thing was, um, and, and we're just having a conversation here. It just struck me now, you know, I talked about roles. So what, one of the things we want to touch on today is your role in your family, your role as a parent, for those of you that are parents, your role as a spouse, so on and so forth. There's a lot of different roles we play in life. But but I think that's it. I, I think for a lot of us hunter types, what it is is roles change in life as we progress in life. And the difficulty I still have to this day, I've just gotten better at communicating it. It used to come out in a much more frustrated way is, Listen, so-and-so person, this may be a person in my family, and I've had to have this conversation with friends. Stop making me feel guilty that I don't do X activities with you like we used to. Every Sunday, we used to do this. Every once a month, we used to do that. I am a husband and a father now. So my role for you used to be that regular football game on Sundays. My role for you used to be, you know, rain or shine, we would have lunch once a month on a Saturday. That was how I served in our world, in our relationship, in our dynamic before I became a husband and a father. Now I have two additional roles. Something's got to give. So it's, it, I think it's about a conversation to have, but, but there's a point of realization you have to have is, oh, that's why I'm having this, this angst, this agita, this feeling inside. It's because I can't serve all these people anymore. Yes, that and see, this is a really that's it. So let's, I mean, let's go with the family obligation piece. Okay, it's you know, it, and I think let's let's put into the mix here that every hunter type is different too. So hunter types a very broad category, but you know, everyone who listens to this podcast and hearing from you and hearing your your thoughts on you know what struck you, I mean, we're we're similarly wired and we do hit overwhelm and. Uh, that's de- you know which then can turn into a blow up a meltdown whatever but we have um, we have a a capacity to do certain tasks really well and other tasks that we're really challenged by and if we are overwhelmed by too many things going on in our life then our capacity to show up in a way that a farmer type could show up in the same situation is different and so other people may. They may judge us. They may think, oh, well, why can't they show up for this? But at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself. <clears throat> and so for family obligations, if you you feel like, okay, I have to do this today and then that on the next day and I got to show up there. Uh, at some point, if you don't feel like you're in control, that energy is going will eventually spiral you out. There's at some point you have to do what you were just saying was like, okay, wait a minute. I need to talk to this person and I have to have this conversation. And, and a lot of times it is, if it's relating to other people, there needs to be a conversation of like, you're, you understand how you work, and, but I have a different way of working through the world and I have certain sensitivities that I have to work inside of. And I think part of the transformation as a hunter type is honoring and recognizing that without self-judgment. And I think that's, again, what we 
push here on the podcast is not seeing what we have as a disorder, but this is our this is just how we're wired. Well, and, especially as we get on the transformational path, right? This is, I think, what's this is what's playing behind the scenes for a lot of us. A lot of us that are trying to work on this wiring of being a hunter type, it's hard work. I'm yeah. not asking for anyone to feel sorry for us. I'm not going there. What I'm going with is facts. This is something hard. Any transformation is hard. A million times I've said that on this podcast. It is difficult. It is energy consuming to work on yourself, but we're doing it for ourselves so that we can be around longer and be healthier for our for our children, for our spouses, for ourselves, to have a fulfilling life. Okay, we've established that. This is one more thing you're doing, which is working on yourself. And part of, as we know, on being on the transformational path is what are the things we've talked about in the book? We've talked about journaling. We've talked about having a plan. We've talked about using the calendar. Well, it's amazing when you start actually transforming, you're like, oh my gosh, look what I used to do when I was in the fog. Yeah. I used to run from this person to this person because they needed me and then they need me and I go to work and then right after work, I'll go and help you out, move. I'll help you move. Oh, you need yeah. your couch. Uh, you need your new couch. I'll go help you with that. Isn't it amazing that it's the irony of getting on the transformational path and getting organized to diffuse the fog and then you say, wait a minute, I, I can't. I can't serve all these roles. So that's the irony here is that those who are truly your friends and people that care about you will understand yeah, I know I used to serve as X. I, yeah. I, I can't, or at least not in that capacity. I yeah. have to put you, this is where I am, by the way. And it's insulting to some family members, and we'll talk about it because it's culturally involved because yeah. cultural families don't expect this. Yeah, uh, I can come to dinner. Let me look at my calendar. Well, gee will. It's a family calendar because now I'm a husband and a father. We got this birthday party. We got to go to this. I have to go to this gig. I still work as a musician. I got gigs to go to. Yeah. Can I see you in three weeks? And boy, is that a shock to yeah. people who don't expect that from you. Because what did you used to do as a non-transform hunter type? Yes, yeah. I'll be there. And then what did you used to do? You used to run around and do 10 activities in one day. You'd burn out. You weren't taking care of yourself. And you'd have a meltdown. That's it. There you go. Wait, well, why don't, let's go into a couple more of these. So like yeah. as a parent, what, what, are the, what are your... Oblig what are your have tos, your obligations that that if you're not thinking about you get stuck into like, oh, I have to do this. So do you mean the the bad have tos that are not that that or do you mean like the good ones? In other words, as a parent, like, a, like events, like like things that are not gotcha, essential, gotcha, but you gotcha. but you feel like oh, I really should do. this. Yeah. So the biggest and, and, and you know, there's been many, many uh, uh, comedy stand up uh, routines about this, uh, you know. It's, it's those kids' birthday parties. So <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what happened all of a sudden. And it snuck up on me. And, and this is one of those things that you hear about as a parent before you're a parent. Um, cliches, hyperboles, yeah. and you think, well, that's all they are. Uh, they're these exaggerated things that are used for comedy and doesn't really happen. Well, let me tell you, it does. Our son's birthday is in May. And for some reason, literally starting at the end of March, between March and now, March, April, May, it's now middle of June, four months, there has not been one, for some reason, all his friends around him, coincidentally, all have birthdays around his birthday. It's been, it's been nuts. So here you are as a parent planning your kid's birthday. It takes time. You want to make sure he has fun and he has all the things he needs. 
And in the middle of this, your wife all of a sudden tells you, we have a birthday party next week. Okay. Oh, we have one the week after that. This weekend, we have two birthday parties, one Saturday, one Sunday. And by the way, the week after that, this is all true, we have two to go to on Saturday, one on Sunday. The the <laughs> untransformed, right? There should be a comedy show for hunter types. I think we got something. Here. The sitcom. The untransformed hunter type, a year Two, three years ago, if I was a parent three years ago, I'd be like, let's go, let's go, we got to. I don't, because, by the way, the have-to feeling that you're talking about, I want to be very explicit about this, yeah. is if I don't do this, I'm not a good daddy. That's it. If there I don't go. go, he doesn't get to see his friends. What kind of father would I be? Stop. That's right. Time That's out. That's it. He's three years old. He's not going to regret not going to that third birthday party. Give me a break. This is some. This is a societal pressure you've bought into and it's just not true so now let me speak as as you asked and i'll answer yeah. specifically i took a time out with my wife i said i need to see all the birthday parties coming up in the next four weeks she showed me i said these are the ones i'm going to this is not being cold this is not being a bad husband either because there's that guilt trip there too yeah. i said yeah. these are the ones i have bandwidth for not because I'm going to sit on the couch and drink beer and watch football because I, I don't drink beer and, and football's not in season anyways. Um, but not because of that, but simply because I, I need that time to recover from the birthday party the day before. And I'm going to use that time to plan my week out and plan my lunches out. And if I go to that second birthday party, that's my workout day. Like you, you have to, what did you say earlier? This is about honoring yourself. Whereas you can look at it and get all the guilt trips in the world. It's not, this is you about honoring yourself. And as hard as maybe for the other party to hear, give them that final um, icing on the cake. Give them that bow if you're in a partner situation and yeah. say, this is so I don't have any freaking meltdowns. I'm trying that's to be right. better for you and right. a better father. So there you go. That's right. See, that's per So that, that's great. And then, you know, and then you also inferred as a spouse or as uh, you know, it, when you're in relationship, the same thing applies. I mean, I, I remember when I first started going out with my fiance, we, uh, I was thinking, oh, it's, it's, um, it's Valentine's day. Okay. So I got to do, all right. And I was just like, just in a ball of stress, like, okay, I gotta do this. And I gotta go to press room. And it, it went terrible. Mm -hmm. And it, and then once we like sat and talked about it, I'm like, okay, well, I, this was all in my head. It had nothing to do with actually what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And I could have had, and so after that, you know, when we have Valentine's Day, it's nice. We have a very mellow. It's like the expectation was in my head and not that what was actually being called for in the moment. And I think that's uh, an important thing to look at when you think of obligations. And you mentioned with your son, you know, your son probably was better off not going to every single birthday party because he would have probably melted down because it was too much for him. <laughs> exactly. So when you honor your needs, exactly. everybody around you wins. And, and by the way, the there's magic. compromises there too, right? Like, yeah. so it doesn't have to be black and white. So actually the plan we came up with is I was like, look, for these extra ones, you take him, okay? And then the next weekend, I'll take him to one and then we're going to skip there that second. So there's... Work it out. If you have a partner that cares about you, knows, and, and, and I'm, I have to say, I've said it on this, but I am so blessed to have a wife that understands me and is so happy that I'm working on being a better person, especially with my wiring. Yeah. That you just nailed it. What you said, Michael. <laughs> 
in our heads, we make it, because this is a hunter type thing too. I think it's that perfectionism we've talked sure, about sometimes. That's right. Is that I'm not going to be the perfect husband. This person's going to judge me. Well, geo willikers, because I took, how did I use that statement? I've never used that statement in my life. <laughs> Sorry, I must have been watching like, too. Like the 50, 50s TV. Did, I, did, did I watch Bonanza all podcast. of a sudden? What happened here? <laughs> uh, what a beautiful surprise, and it shouldn't have surprised me that. But somebody has to somebody has to step up. I stepped up and said, we need to talk about this. Let's look at the calendar we did. And I proposed a plan so that I wouldn't melt down. She's like, okay, that sounds good. Actually, I agree. Isn't it amazing when you just have the conversation, say the unsaid, and you'd be surprised at the result? That's it. That, yeah, well, well put. And so, and, you know, to segue into, well, cu- cultural obligations. I think that's, th- this is something that you've mentioned on the podcast before, coming from your background um uh there's your culture is definitely has its set of uh of (laughs) pre-installed obligations go ahead tread carefully tread carefully i I mean i mean mean, you could speak from any any, of course and, and even family units have their own so i mean a culture is just a a bunch of extended down obligations yes. of, of in good and bad. I mean, it's what preserves the, the identity exactly. of the culture. So it's not bad. Exactly. It, it's, it's about it's how we can it. engage with it, it so that it doesn't just destroy us. Look, so, here, here's what I found. I know we have listeners from all around the world. We get email from people from all over the world and, yes. and that's, that's refreshing. So for, for a lot of you, this is going to hit home. I come from a Persian family, the, the Persian culture, uh, and, and I know any culture can say this, so you can substitute Mexican, this, that, yeah. uh, but I'm just speaking for, for what I was raising. If, if I had to say there's, there's a number one arch over the Persian culture, it's family. You know, um, I'm married to, a, to an Italian woman with an Italian family. They're very family oriented. It's a little bit of difference though between her family and mine. If she says, I can't do this or x with you mom and dad they're like okay we're we're a little disappointed but cool not so in the persian family so (laughs) so my wife calls it persian guilt she goes are you sure you didn't grow up catholic because i feel like persians have this catholic guilt down to a science um so she calls it persian guilt because unbeknownst to me i've learned it from my culture and i've kind of done it to my wife sometimes too there's this there's this you know, overarching thing. And it's that classic, you know, Seinfeld's done joke about, jokes about it in, in, that, in the Jewish culture. Like, you never visit your mother. You never call. Whatever you want to, whatever, you know, comedy skit you want to put it in, that's what, that's what I'm dealing with. And, and I'm still dealing with it. So let me get into it. In cultures such as mine, it is unheard of that, that you are not seeing your family on a weekly basis, sometimes more than that. And I'm serious about that, but there's a reason for that is because when you live in Iran, when you live in the homeland, first of all, in most cases, there's 10 of you living in the same house. It's not a small you know, thing. It's a, it might be a big, nice house. But my point is you all live, if you don't live in the same house, you all live within walking distance of each other. Well, for those of us who migrated to America for a better life, fleed, the revolution as we did. You come to America. It's a shock for our parents' generation. You now live 3,000 miles away from me? What are you talking about? Like, why don't you fly and come and see us more often? Because I live 3,000 miles away. I, I have, I'm, again, I'm a husband now. I'm a father now. So what I've had to learn is, is 
step in their shoes for a minute. This helps because you can get frustrated really easily and it doesn't it doesn't take you anywhere because they're frustrated because you're not seeing them as much, right? You're not giving to them as much. So you have to step into their shoes for a minute. This is a, believe it or not, Albert Einstein had a beautiful quote. No issue or problem, I'm paraphrasing, no issue or problem can be solved from the same consciousness that created it. So here's where I'm going with that. They're frustrated. They're hurt. Oh, you don't come to see me anymore. If you come a place of frustration back, you're not going to resolve anything. So having learned from that, because I wasn't perfect at first, because this keeps coming up. Why aren't you visiting? I just got an email from a family member unmentioned this week, but it was in that tone. It was an email. You don't see me anymore. You used to visit. I took a deep breath and wrote an email back and said, well, I did used to visit a lot, but if you remember, because sometimes our parents have a time warp as they get older, like time kind of loses some meaning, especially if they're retired. Um, yeah, I used to do that. Do you remember when I used to come for our weekly dinner? It was when I didn't have a wife and I didn't have a son. And I didn't have a five. Back in those days, I had my own business, so I ran my own schedule. I now work at a desk job. I have a son and I have a wife. And by the way, I enjoy that. I enjoy spending time with my son. You know, it's different than your generation. I go to work 40, 50 hours a week. There's this much time left for me to be a good hunter type and work out, take care of myself, do my journaling, do all this and that. And I like spending time with my son. So, yeah. you know, I like doing that. Those things take time. That's why I don't come to see you every week. Now, look, for some of you, this may fall on deaf ears, but I'm just trying to give you an approach if you're part of a real tight cultural knit background that that this is how I handled it. I don't know if it's the right answer. I don't know if it's going to work for you. What it has done for me approaching like this is that most of the time people understand and 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 they're conscious now not to make it such a guilt trip. It doesn't stop people asking you though. So you're not trying to resolve someone saying, "Hey, I miss you. Come and see me." Don't That's take right. that personally. Yeah, yeah. Don't take that personally. They're now now that you've communicated, you just have to keep communicating it. That's good. So that's Beautiful. my little bit bit of advice. Yes, yes. That that's and I think everyone has their own uh, version of this. So yes. th yeah, everyone's going to explore this in their own way. And there's definitely hundred types that I know that have just got ironclad boundaries that just do exactly what they want. And this this whole conversation is not going to be resonant with them. So I'm, we're speaking to all the other hundred types. But but I do want to make a point. You bring up actually a really good point because I have friends like this, and and they're still dear friends, and I don't judge them. Look. If, if if this is an editorial opinion, absolutely. Uh, if you have to draw an, draw an ironclad boundary for the good reason, which is that there's no other way, yeah. that's okay too. I've had to do that with family members. Yeah. Literally, uh, you're not getting it. And all you're doing is now is invading my space and constantly trying to make me feel bad for taking care of myself and my life. So I think we literally, we need to be on a break. Let's yeah. we're, we're on a break for six months because communication of any kind is just going to come back to you making me feel bad and feel obligated. Literally, that's the word. Well, you know, and that's it. We're going to explore that here. We're going to go into some of the some tips here on like methods of, of navigating some of these pieces mm -hmm. um, as a just as a reminder. I mean, I think there's as hunter type specifically uh, many of the people that are expecting things from you maybe expecting you to be more like a farmer type 
And so it's not just as you shared, there's we can't change someone else's perception of us. We can attempt to make a communication that gives them clarity. But at the end of the day, you can't stop someone for, unless you completely extricate yourself from them. But that's not freedom. Freedom's your ability to listen to something that comes to you and hold your space and be in your own, like honor yourself to the point where you can hear the communication and maybe hear again, like underneath what's going on with that person and have a communication versus internalizing it and then going, yeah, they're right. I'm a terrible person. I can't believe I got to be better. I got to go get pills because I got to, you know, I got to work this thing. Like you got to stop and take a breath and go, wait a minute. Uh, what, how do I, you know, where can I support another human being and at the same time honor myself? So let's- I, I do want to make a note on that, Michael, that's yes. really important that you just made. That was huge. Um, it's about how, how, uh, you've, it's your perception of how they're making you feel. And I think this is an important, and I'm not saying this is a hundred percent of the time, but when you have the talk or the email, whatever the case yeah. may be, you would be surprised because what you're doing is breaking, breaking down a, a, a false perception. You'll see sometimes on your part that they are trying to make you feel guilty. Then you break down the wall. You have the communication. Guess what might, and it's happened, come back from the other side. Oh, my God. I'm not trying to make you feel bad at all. I just miss you. That's right. And then you're like, oh, it was in my head. And here I was dealing with that emotion and it was driving up my blood sugar. That's right. (laughs) But but it wasn't real. So sometimes I, I think it comes back to have the talk, have it from a good conscious place. And, and try to resolve. I'm not telling you the results always going to be like that because there's been other conversation where it's like, sure. yeah, well, that's because you don't see me anymore. Okay, well, I tried. Now yeah, it's yeah, time yeah. for that hard exactly. boundary. Yeah. Right? Make the attempt and then so, you go. Anyway, yeah. I, I just thought that was an important point. Well, I, so I think, you know, going into strategies because we kind of we've been throwing them out a little bit as we've been going through uh, the conversation, but let's get into some specifics. So uh, I think the, the key here is the key, understanding the connection between self care. Honoring your honoring yourself and the ability to then be present and support other people, which is part of it's like a, you know that's part of who we are as well. When we're not contributing to the well-being of other people, we get depressed. Period. I mean, I've watched people who are in depressions and then they go vo- start volunteering, and their whole life turns around because they're like, "Oh, this is the piece that I was missing," and so then they're they're back on. So th- we have both though. There's equal needs there of self-care as well as contributing to the well-being of other people even just through things that that in in that process should be for the most part a joyful process something something really enlivens you and if it's not then it's not necessarily what you're doing it's how you're doing it or how you're thinking about it so again becoming mindful of the connection between the blow up the meltdown overwhelm and what you're telling yourself is an obligation and so um uh, there's a couple pieces here. One is, you know, we just, you just, you covered a lot of them, but I want to get into specifics. Saying no gracefully is a really key piece. So, and I think especially as people become more mindful of some of these topics where they're, where you're starting to realize, oh, wait a minute, that's not something I actually have to, have to, have to do. Um, I, I need to start in, when I do coaching work, I see where there's places where people are very spread out in all these different areas and they need to pull it in a little bit and get really specific on, I'm going to focus on these four or five goals. 
and I need to let go of some other stuff. And so being able to make a communication with someone to say gracefully, I can't do that right now. And, you know, just to make it simple, to be able to say no, understand that someone may be hurt or sad or a lot, most of the time, fine. That's no big deal. <laughs> like it was in your head. Uh, but to be able to then rein your life in a little bit, just so you can start preventing those things that may w drive you to go to medication or, or even addictive substances. Maybe it's just reining your energy in, and part of that is just starting to say no, or you know, not making those decisions where I'm going to do this and I'm not going to do this based on my well-being that will then support the well-being of other people. It's, but if you're in that beginning process saying no is a good thing to start doing and and again gracefully as best you can to say no i can't do you know i'd love to go but i have other things that need to be done or i'm taking care of my health or whatever it is that however you want to phrase it well that's uh, that's that's the you you've said this now a few times this word gracefully this is the art this is yeah. This is where the work is in transforming yourself as a hunter type because one of the things when we're untransformed, we do, we act like hunters, right? We go, we explode out of the cave and we go and we, this is the art, this is the work. So, so make it yet another, I know we have lots of practices and exercises we've all worked on together, but make this another one. This saying no gracefully, there's a lot of hidden gems behind the art of being able to do that. Michael, correct me if I'm wrong or, or tell me if I'm missing anything. Meditation, a whole a whole chapter in the book about this, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, journaling to get yeah. that angst out. Right. Journaling is where you get this angst. Oh, my mom or my dad's making me feel like this. And da, 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 right. da. Get that all out on paper before you have the talk. And That's by right. the way meditation exercise to, to to for that serotonin level to be where it needs to be all of the things we've talked about now a million times that michael's book talks about and and being in this beautiful space of working on yourself leads you to a place of being able to say no gracefully so my hunter friends if you're not there now if you're like well i have this person who's always on my back and all i want to do is yell and well you're just not there yet that's fine have that conversation when you're ready, but remember, there's, there's, that's the that's the end point of it. To get there, there's the foundation, which is all these things which enable you to be in a space to say no gracefully. Yeah, without expectation of what their yeah. response will be. Which it is still really might important. not be what you yeah, expect. <laughs> there's people that are are going to be unconscious their entire lives, exactly, and they have anger issues and all that. And if you're dealing with, the, I mean, that's these are extreme cases that sure, you know, but. But that's just going to be there. It's not about you transforming the situation where there's, that never happens again. It's about your reaction to it that is most important. And if, if you I, get to the place that you're saying you've said it gracefully, you feel like you've done your job. Yeah. Don't now re-react to what comes back if it's negative. That's right. If it does, it, it might be a, a sign for a hard boundary. Yeah. But you've, if you've actually done it gracefully, you've done your job. Be at peace. Move That's on. right. And you may need support from pe other people around you that do understand you, that mm -hmm. you can talk it through uh, so that you get a little bit of empathy for whatever, especially, you know, depending on how intense the energy coming back is, you need support from other people to process that. Yes, sir. And this is things that we don't learn growing up. We don't, we're never usually taught 
how to navigate the world, world emotionally, but everyone has that need, especially if you've gone through a traumatic experience with someone who, who has anger issues or whatever, or it is you doing it to other people. Um, cause you know, oftentimes we get back what we put out. Um, you know, there's the, there's that give and take of finding the places where you do certain things and then you see it reflected back to you. That's another area of, of, awareness to, to start looking at. So, but the second piece going into, so the simple one is saying no. So that's very clear. And that's, that's a tool that needs to be used regularly just throughout life practice saying no. And I know for me, one of the things that I had to start disciplining myself to do was if someone like I go to a party or go to some place where I would be engaged with other people where I would not have the level of focus that I usually do because I'm reacting to a lot of things. If someone asked me to do something, whether it's like perform at something or there was a, a creative project or something, I disciplined to myself to say, in those situations, let me get back to you. I never agreed to do anything under circumstances where I know I wasn't focused. And um, that really helped. That one little step of just going into a situation and going, I know I'm a people pleaser. I know that I can be like this. I'm going to discipline myself no matter what's going on. Let me check. But someone says, oh, let's go hang out next week. Okay, wait a minute. Let me get back to you. That's, then, a, that's a really I, – I, you hit on something that I can't not respond to because I think you're talking about the life of being an artist in a way. And for those of us that have done it full time and it's been fully engrossed in it and – maybe for you that still are or, or it's just something in your past. This is big for us artists, musicians especially. Well, all artists. I'll just speak yeah. in general. You've been invited to a party with your wife. This is speaking from experience and you're excited and then the day before you get a call, hey, can you bring the violin? Hey, can you bring the guitar? Yeah, there's now, an obligation right there. It's, that's that's exactly my point. Yeah, you're it, a musician. You should it, just show you, up. Of play. course. Of, I carry yeah. it with me everywhere. I It's yeah. actually attached to my back. I didn't. Yeah. I, I had it surgically sewn. Yeah. No, but here's the huge thing you bring, because you brought it up in me, and, and this is a big issue I've had. First of all, once again, when I was untransformed, it would make me upset. Working on the transformational path, stop it. They mean well. They like you. They like, first of all, let's look at all the positives here. Yeah. They like you and your music enough. They want you to play for their 50 guests. Let's, 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 let's see where they're coming from for a minute before reacting the way we do as hunter types. Okay. Yeah. We, we, we've established that. Now it's about you. Do you feel, so here's how, where I've gotten to it. It's an art form. If I actually feel like it and I'm like, ah, oh, I am in the mood to jam on a, you know what? I'm, yeah, I'll bring it. That's what right. I used to do before is just say yes. That's I would right. show up. Yeah. I'd be frustrated. The whole party, I'm not even enjoying the party because I'm like, oh, it's like a show. Oh, when, how yeah. long, yeah. how long, how long till showtime, boss? Uh, yeah. I got to go get prepped. It never worked out. I played terribly, yeah. didn't feel good. And now, four hours of a night that I should have been enjoying with my wife, right? Because yeah. the rare times as a parent, you get to go out as an adult, you got to enjoy those. So where have I learned? If I'm feeling it, I say yes. But if I'm not, gracefully. And again, you'd be surprised the reaction on the other end. You know what? I and I've actually used these words. You know, I love your parties. I really, you know, it's the first time my wife and I have gotten a chance to get away in two months, just us two. I'd love to come and just be a guest. That's right. You would be surprised. Nine out of ten times the response that comes, oh, that's great. Sure. Just wanted yeah. to ask. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, the key piece to that whole thing is tuning in. Yes. Is, is, is taking an extra step of take a breath, 
and making conscious decisions. All this, the whole podcast here, once again, is just about mindfulness. Just having that extra space of not getting pulled unconsciously into something before you take a breath and, and tune into yourself. And then the, you, what happens is you become a better person. You became, you're more able to show up for people. You're, you're, you're far more of service because you're taking care of yourself. So the next piece, I want to get this one piece before we wrap up. So, um, a key piece to, to all of this is as progressing on, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. So the question you should ask yourself is, is there a way that I can do this in a way that both works for me and can support another person? Or, you know, cause usually that's the scenario. It's like, what can I do? How can I transform this situation? If I have to go to the party, uh, with, you know, take go to the kids party. Can I take a break? Can I go, go for a while? Or if I'm with my wife, can I like take, you know, stay for like 20, 30 minutes and then go for a walk and then come back, which is something I need to do. I'm very sensitive when it comes to parties. It's sometimes just like too much stimuli. Mm -hmm. And I've had to learn like, okay, I need to take a break, go for a walk, come back. Like those, everyone's different. You're going to know what, what, what you need, but finding those ways of not just saying no because it's easy to get in the place where you say no to everything and then you become depressed because then you don't engage in life at all and that's not what we're saying here. How do you engage with the situation in a way where you can feel good about it? So once you've established that you can do it and it's in, you, can, you have space in your schedule and you're something you would love to do, it's, it, but you're like, okay, well, that's always overwhelming for me. How do you change this? how you engage with that situation in a way that that you can come out feeling better. And again, this is where journaling and talking things through is helpful. But what it boils down to is how do you turn it in from a have to into I get to do this. And that switch, when that switch changes, that the frustration changes because you if you, even if you're just thinking, okay, this there's this kids party and uh, I know my kids going to really love to go but man, I'm exhausted or it's just going to be boring and I don't want to go. Well, you know, first you can tune into, well, why am I doing it? I care for my kid. I want them to be happy. Uh, just that alone of just like, what's my, what's the drive? What's, what's your what's, why? What is yeah, your why? Why am I doing yeah. this? And if you tune into it, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Like it could just transform the whole situation. Like I am doing this because I really have a care for my child and that's why I want to do this. And just that awareness, if you carry that awareness throughout the experience, you, you can enjoy yourself because you understand why you're doing it. But if you don't understand your why, then mm -hmm. you can be going into a situation. And if it's just a have to, no one wins. The people that you're engaging with aren't going to win. You're not going to win. Nobody wins. It's just perpetual. And then, you, you know, if you're not conscious, then you'll carry that on to the next generation or, or mm. to people around you. Oh, okay. Well, I had to do this. So you have to do this. <laughs> and, and, you know, and that's. And that's misery, oh, that's but madness. there's a whole other way to do it where you can engage with a, a task or a situation where you get to do it. It's like, okay, if you, if, you know, your example of your mom, it's like you, you, you tuned into it, which is she misses you. And like when you touch that and you're like, oh, okay, maybe there's a way I can show care and connection and have a connection with my mom in a way that it's not her putting something Exactly. And that shift opens the whole door. It's like then you, there's empathy and there's care and your your life force comes back. 
Mm. And I think that's in, again, everyone's we're throwing out a lot of generous general situations, but it's up to the people listening to then apply these to their own lives and figure out how best to go. How, how do you take all your obligations and turn them into from, from have to's to get to's. And so here's the exercise. We, we, we haven't done this in a couple yeah, of podcasts. Let's, 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 this, this is a good opportunity for people to practice something. Yes. So here's the exercise. Make a list of, let me just see here. Well, I wrote this down. I want to make sure I have it right. So basically sit down and make a list of things that are obligations in your life. Just, just write them out. Like what are the things that you feel like you have to do? And if it helps you to kind of think in terms of as a parent, uh, as you know, for work, as a spouse, whatever it is, write those down. Just write, I, I feel like I have to blank. I feel like I have to do blank. Da, da, da. And then start looking through the list and see how you, you either, like, is that something that is true? Like, or is that something you can say no to and say, no, that's actually, I don't agree with that. That's not really a have to, you know, bring awareness to it. But, and then ask yourself, how do I turn this have to into something I get to do. It's something, what is the why? What's underneath this have to where I can find my way into doing it in a way that's pleasurable, something that's satisfying to me and it's satisfying to someone else. And even just looking at your have tos, I think will give you some um, awareness into how you can start transforming these uh, unconscious patterns and at least something that you're conscious of. At least you're like, I'm now going to the kids party because I really care for the well-being of my child. And so that's why I'm doing it. And if you can't find it, then you got to pull back and go, what can, you know, I need to shift this around. I need to rethink this. So reviewing the exercise, we're writing out a list of obligations. And, and you know, for those of you who followed um, kind of the, the, the program, the, the book, you know, this can be part of your journal. Just make it part of your journal this week. If this is something you're feeling, you know, some of you, as we always say, hunter types, we're all dealing with different things at different times. If obligation is not something you're necessarily dealing with now, then this exercise is not for you. But if you are, if, if what we've talked about today, all the things we've talked about, your roles in life and how they make you feel obligated for those of you that are caught up in cultural obligations, Sit down, write out this list, and I love how Michael puts this. How do I, and make it graphical if you have to, how do I turn a have to into a get to? How, we, are, we discussed this a couple times today, how can I now, with this thing I've written, this have to, say no to it gracefully? Remember, this can come in any form. I gave you some tips of how I handled it. Are you, are you? terrible by the way at email have you when you try to get deep are you one of these people that when you try to talk about an important topic on email it always gets misunderstood some of us are like that then then make your no gracefully something that you're going to say in person are you a better person in email do you actually communicate better in email find out your path yeah. and then once you figure out the no that's the, th the third piece is where it all comes together, creating those alternatives that meets the same needs. Now, that alternative is in meeting the same needs is both for you and for them. Remember, you're not just trying to serve, well, whatever. My aunt, I used to see her once a week. I don't anymore. I have to find a way to make her feel just as not lonely. No, it's not about that. How do I meet up with my aunt in a way that's fun for me and for her? 
that. Because again, if you're there just to say, okay, well, I'll change it to twice a month and that should, that should, you know, um, that should make her, make it satisfying. No, you're, you're, you're serving the wrong purpose there. Remember yeah. to, to honor yourself as Michael said earlier. Good. So let, let's go through it one more time. Make a list of, of obligations that overwhelm or frustrate you for each one. One, how can I, how can I turn this into a get to instead of a have to? Two, can I say no gracefully? Can I make a communication? Or three, can I create alternatives to that situation that meet the same needs? Great. That's it. That's your exercise, my friends. Any other thoughts on your part, Michael, before we wrap up today? No, I think that's good. I mean, I was thinking there's a whole podcast on emails because the emails are <laughs> my, my bane of like, especially when someone writes you a lie, like just I'll throw this in as, as food for thought. When someone writes you a long, really thoughtful, beautiful email, it is both so wonderful. But if you've got four or five of those, then you're like, oh, because then you feel like I have to reciprocate. Yep. And uh, when you're already really busy, um, there's, I, there's, I, a, there's a wonderful one right there to explore. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, the short of it for me is I write back and say, I need time to read this, A. Yeah. And B, I'm going to call you. This is this is too That's heavy. It. That's because right. Because I'm very sorry. Good strategy. I, I cannot respond to a long email with a long email. It's too much in the brain. And, and, you know, a lot of times I feel like if that's the case, there, there's something heavy the person wants to discuss. You know, it was their choice to do it by email, but I'm old school, man. I, I'm not going to message you on Facebook about something deep. I'm not going to text. I'm not going to reply to an email. And I've known people do this. Like you write them something heavy and deep and then they text you about it. It's like, come on, let's connect. Let's connect. That's beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Great Thanks topic today, man. Really, really good. This one I, I know is going to hit home for a lot of people. So, uh, remember that exercise, rewind on that. If, you know, if the first part of this podcast is something heavy and a lot of stuff you need to take in, well then take a pause and then, you know, go, go back to the, the exercise part. Cause you'll, I think you'll find it very, very helpful. Yes. Um, very, very helpful. Good stuff today. We are drummer and the great mountain podcast. We are available at drummer and the great We're a small press. Please help spread the word. Reviews are really helpful. Um, iTunes reviews would be great. Good reads. Uh, iTunes for the podcast, I should say, goodreads.com for the book. We have some great reviews on both platforms. Please continue to give them um, ideas on getting the word out. For those of you that are continuing to be engaged with Michael on, via email, via Facebook, thank you. Um, it really, really, truly does motivate us. It gives us ideas for the shows. We now hit upon so many show topics simply because of something someone wrote in, which tells us that's what the community wants to hear. So let's keep up the good work in, in sharing and growing together as a community. And as always, I have to thank my good friend and the author of the book, Michael. Thank you for another great day. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this one, you really drove the drove the train. I really appreciated your all of your insights. Fantastic. It's, it's good to be the conductor sometimes. Uh, give us feedback. We want to hear your stories. Share with us. And as we always do say, and we say it and we mean it on the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast, please take care of yourselves and your health. Be well.